We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Big Screen Sports is brought to you by Indochino. Guys, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I'm getting married pretty soon. And part of that comes with finding the perfect tux for me to feel my best standing up there on the big day. Uh, A lot of bad tuxes out there, a lot of bad fits, so I need to work with someone who's going to make me feel confident in my best on that day, so obviously I'm going to be looking at Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and anything else you need to look your best, whether it's your wedding or just an occasion where you need to look dapper. RJ Baird of the New York Knicks, his brand new collection with Indochino just dropped, featuring limited edition fabrics and jacket linings that RJ helped pick out and design. Uh, That guy's been crushing it, and so is his suit line. Indochino's process is simple. Choose your fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks. You can get measured and design your suit at the nearest Indochino showroom, or do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. Right now, you can get $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering promo code BLUEWIRE. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more and free shipping. You have absolutely no excuse anymore to wear sharp clothing that doesn't fit. Blue Wire. Chris Cutter led a charmed life. His friends, lovers quarrel, business dispute, meant the world to him. I'm a drug dealer. I bury dead people. I have a single-digit sperm count. And their world revolved around one sport. Ladies and gentlemen, we are curling. Each team has eight rocks. Each guy throws two. Whoever's closer, that team scores. What the heck are all the brooms for? You can kind of steer a block of granite down 146 feet of ice and land it on an area the size of a toilet. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the podcast breaking down the on-field action of your favorite sports movies, brought to you by the Blue Wire Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kyle Banduho. And hey, before you hit the skip button, we've got important housekeeping. I'm actually putting some meat on the bone in the intro here with info about this episode, future episodes, and something else I'm doing. So don't skip. Hold off. Listen to this intro. If you were ever going to listen to an intro for Big Screen Sports, listen to this one. 
Firstly, today's episode, it's on Men with Brooms. It's a really enjoyable, funny curling film. It's streaming on Prime, so you can go check this out right now. Uh, It's got Leslie Nielsen in it, a comedic legend. Really funny, really enjoyed it. My guest was Matt Sussman. He's a really funny guy, diehard curling guy. Not many of those around, so he was a great get. Uh, And he's he's an internet writer, a comedic internet writer. He writes for Baseball Prospectus, and at the time of recording, was also writing for Deadspin. If you're not living under a rock, you understand what's happened over at Deadspin, and Matt is no longer featuring his work there, so definitely give him a follow on Twitter to see where he's taken his talents, and to just check out all curling news, because he's pretty much the main source of it on Twitter. Now, if you're listening to this on Monday, November 11th, the day it drops, and you're for some reason desiring to hear more of me, and you're also a fan of the HBO show Entourage, head right over to the latest episode of my buddy J.R. Hickey's Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, The Entourage podcast. JR has an awesome show, and I was lucky enough to again be asked to come on and break down one of my favorite episodes. Gotcha. If you're short on your entourage memory, it is the one with Chuck Liddell, Polly Shore, and Artie Lang, one of the most memorable entourage episodes, in my opinion. Uh, go check that out. Like this podcast, like Big Screen Sports, his episodes are evergreen. He's doing an awesome job doing an entourage rewatch. So if you were a fan of the series, please go check out JR's podcast. That is Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, The Entourage Podcast. Lastly, I want to start a weekly thing here, and this will lead into a programming announcement. So again, don't tap that skip button. But I'm really appreciative of all those ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. They truly do help grow this podcast. They're really important. If you haven't yet tapped that five-star rating or this is your first episode, uh, go ahead and preemptively tap that five-star rating. Uh, Again, just really appreciate those. And every week now, I'm going to read any new five-star review we've gotten. Uh... From uh, Snackbar1717, says, Love the pod, Banduho is the man. I don't know about the latter, but I'm I'm very happy about the former. Uh, from DK at Eeb, I, I'm just going to butcher all these uh, all these usernames. Uh, best sports movie podcast out there, very informative, funny, and fun. Love that. Love to hear it. Uh, from Vegas Steve, uh, this is a really great show. I really enjoy it. Thank you for what you do. That's awesome. Thank you, uh, Vegas Steve. Or maybe that's Vega Steve. Vegas Steve one. I don't know, whatever. And then uh, this is the one that's going to lead into a programming announcement. Uh, the The subject is don't say I didn't warn you. It's from a Phillies underscore kid. Now shouts to this guy. He's left multiple reviews, uh, gone and deleted old ones, left new ones about movies he wants to hear. I really appreciate that. My guy Phillies kid is a big money ball guy. So am I. He left a review saying it's five stars, so I'm going to read it. If you do High School Musical before Moneyball, I'm unsubscribing. Now, I don't want to say that I like High School Musical more than Moneyball, but this review is very topical because uh, while I don't want to make Philly's guy unsubscribe, I'm very pumped to announce DCOM December. That is Disney Channel Original Movie December. In the month of December, all episodes will be Disney Channel Original Sports Movies. There's a lot of them. Uh, We're going to do Brink with the wonderful Blue Wire podcast host Meredith Kane. You can catch her out on That's What B Said and The Rebuild, both on the Blue Wire Sports Podcast Network. Uh, Johnny Tsunami with my buddy Will DeFreeze, one of the co-hosts of Circling Back. We had him on for Mighty Ducks a, uh, a few weeks back, so always love having Will on. Going to do Double Team with the comedic author Sarah Hunt and round it out with High School Musical with Mike Schubert. He's the host of the incredible Potterless Podcast. Had him on talking Quidditch with uh, the Quidditch scenes of Harry Potter a couple months back super pumped to get Mike back on. Now, this is not to say that I prefer High School Musical to Moneyball. Moneyball is one of my, it's it's definitely on my Mount Rushmore. 
Uh, when we do Moneyball, we're going to do Moneyball right. going to get a great guest for it. So, uh, Phillies kid, if you unsubscribe on me, I'm sorry, but we will get to Moneyball eventually. Uh, but yeah, DCOM December, I'll be tweeting out more information about it at big underscore screen sport on Twitter. Uh, same with the Instagram at big screen sports pod, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Taking a look back at these movies, all of which are at least, you know, 10 to 15 years old, uh, you know, should be fun. So every episode in December is going to be Disney channel, original sports movie. Uh, also going to do a, uh, a five favorite sports films of the decade with the guys from mad about movies, either at the end of December or early January. Looking forward to that. Make sure you have, you, uh, download the flick app to let me know your thoughts about, uh, DCOM December. Just download the free flick app. Good. Join the group, big screen sports pod. And, uh, you know, come talk with us. Come chat sports movies. Uh, I think that is uh, easily the record for the longest intro I've ever had on this podcast. So with that, it is time to talk Men with Brooms with Matt Sussman. Okay, my guest tonight, he is a writer for Deadspin and Baseball Prospectus and the biggest curling fan that I know on Twitter, Matt Sussman. Matt, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Big Screen Sports. Hey, Kyle. Thanks very much. Yeah, of course. Uh, before we get going talking about Men with Brooms, tell the folks uh, where they can find you, where they can find your work, and then tell us how you got so into curling. Well, um, you, um, so yeah, you mentioned the, the two sites I mostly write for. I, I uh, do Baseball Prospectus Weekly. Uh, called a, It's a column called Short Relief. It's a collaborative effort. It's just a lot of different types of writing. We've got, you know, poetry and comedy writing and uh, essays, personal essays, so that there's a little bit of, of something for everybody. So I contribute to that once a week. And then for Deadspin, I just, I, I do some correspondence work with them. Anytime I find something that's really, really interesting, such as when NFL players uh, start to do a professional curling team, which they did last year, I will write that up for them. Uh, and then uh, on Twitter, I just spend probably way too much time making jokes that my wife doesn't like on um, uh, sus two hyphens. That's S U S S number two, then the word hyphens. That was the that was the Jared Allen curling team, right? Yes, did, did and, and they are still team? and they are still together. Uh, they they added a uh, actually an Olymp uh, a former Olympian on their team, but they are still they're still at it. And I I thought I had a chance to play them a couple weeks ago, but they they pulled out of it of a tournament that I was in. So, um, so how often do you, do you curl? Do you compete then? Yeah. Um, well the season just started and I, I do a, a few, uh, tournaments a year. Um, I do one competitive event just to have a world ranking. Um, but then I do a league, I do uh, a league once a week on Sundays and then a few w tournaments, which are called bond spiels throughout the year. They're not, some are, some are more competitive than others, but, um, you know, it, it's, uh, that's, that's about the extent of what I do. Awesome. Well, I, you were the perfect person to have on for this movie. It's a movie that I, I, I only recently discovered. Uh, it is Men with Brooms, the 2002 Canadian cult classic curling comedy. It got a 61% on Rotten Tomatoes. Four men take time from their personal problems to reunite as a curling team and compete in a bond spiel that will restore their honor. It was directed, written by, and starred Paul Gross. It also starred Leslie Nielsen, Jed Reese, Barbara Gordon, and Molly Parker. Uh, Matt, when did you first see this movie? 
Well, as it turns out, um, and I, I can also answer a previous question you had about how I got into it. So I started playing in 2001 when I was in college. Uh, the movie came out in 2002, so this was right around when I was getting into it. Um, so, so just to back up, I was a freshman in college at uh, Bowling Green State University. Um, I did not know it at the time, but it was one of the only places that had a curling rink on, on campus. Usually they're somewhere else in the city. But I, I had an economics class, uh, 7 o'clock at night on Monday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. I didn't choose that class. They chose it for me. I was really sleep-deprived when they were scheduling my classes. And one particular night, I really didn't want to go. And I had a friend, a buddy of mine, knock on my dorm room door about half hour before that class. And he said, hey, I saw they got curling lessons across the street. Do you want to go? And I really wasn't sure what the sport was. I, I had an idea. I knew it was an ice sport. But um, I said, okay, let's, let's go. So I cut class to learn how to curl. And uh, it, I loved it. I, I always loved trying new sports. And I was really bad at most of them. So once I found one that I had some you know, some semblance of success with, or at least I, I, you know, I liked it and, and I took it from there and I joined the college club and I did some, some college tournaments and took some time off. And then I got more serious about eight years ago. So, so the move, when the movie came out, it was, oh, you know, like when you get into curling, you get really hard into it. You just don't become a casual person and do it like once a year. You, you get all the way into it. And and, and, you know, Leslie Nielsen, you think about him, he was really big at the time. You think, oh, a curling movie with Leslie Nielsen, you pretty much have to watch that. And That's so what that caught my eye about the movie. When I saw that it was a, a curling movie, because I was looking for kind of more obscure sports movies, and then I saw that Leslie Nielsen, comedy god, starred in it. Had to watch it. Yeah, he was. he's really the only person I've really seen that's in that film. There's one. There's one other actress who's in that movie that I've seen in anything else and I don't remember her name but she was in a USA show called Covert Affairs um she was in the um it was she was um the, she's one of the wives of one of the curlers she's got a really bad role if you ask me but uh, that Neil's wife then yes yeah, yeah that's right uh but that's a tough tough role that's yeah it's, it's really hard to fill that role but uh you know, it, it's it's a movie that uh, I I recommend to people for very very specific reasons. So for you, before we get into the movie in particular, what makes a good sports movie? Um, to the good ones, I think have a there's a theme that I've noticed where I think the ones that fall short, I guess, are the ones that have a big game at the end. And they win the game for whatever reason. If I think of all the, the, the films that I've liked, you think of, you think of Bull Durham and you think of uh, even like Bad News Bears or Little Big League. You know, they get to, there's a big game, but they lose it. And then there's a, a, a moral behind that. If you're building up to the point where you have a game and you win the game, it, you know, they, 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 you know, you talk like a like storybook ending, like it's kind of a cheesy script, but. Um, I, I think the, the, the way that the, the good sports are is if you have a message or some theme that's just beyond you want a, get, you want a sporting event, uh, that, it, that can sort of transcend it. So in your opinion, is Men With Brooms a Hall of Fame sports movie, an all-star, starter, or bench warmer? 
Oh man, I, I would. Uh, I can go off the board. I'd say it's like a specialist, like a like a you know like a like a lefty reliever or like a um, like a, a kicker or something. It's it it serves a very very specific purpose. It it you know it's it's hit or miss. It's it's a it's it's got flaws. It's got um, but it's it's got really good strengths. It's like the uh, it's like the Adam Dunn of films, if you will. Um, Three true really, outcomes. Really, Yes, Love it. exactly. Yes, yes. I would say, honestly, it's an ulcer. So I I had my first viewing, you know, pretty much pretty, pretty close to when we record this. And I I was expecting to be like, yeah, you know, whatever. It's a movie about curling. You know, I'm sure it's it might make me laugh a couple of times. I legitimately enjoyed the movie a lot. If it was ever on TV, which I don't <sighs> recall ever seeing it, I would turn it on. There's like scenes that would pull me in and I'd be like, Oh, I kind of want to see this. I legitimately really enjoyed this movie. I would say it's an all-star, but it's like a weird all-star. It's like if Niger Morgan ever made an all-star team, it's kind of like that. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, it's, it's really, it's really enjoyable. And I would say you don't need to know anything about curling to, uh, to enjoy it. Cause the movie does a good job of laying out the basics uh, if, if could you quickly sum up the the purpose and the the quick rules of curling to to any listener who's not that familiar? The basic rule of curling is uh, each team uh, throws eight stones, and you're trying to get as many closest to the uh, the what's it looks like the bullseye. It's called the house. You try to get as many closest to the center than your opponents. Uh, that is one. It's like an inning. It's called an end, and you play multiple ends until the game's over. Um, so it's, yeah, get more points than the other team, basically. It kind of reminds me of a more skilled, icy, more fun-to-watch version of Shuffleboard. Yeah, a lot of comparisons. The Shuffleboard, uh, Bocce is another one. Uh, um, they, they throw chess. It's shuffleboard plus chess, if you think of it like that way. I've talked to some competitive shuffleboarders, and they say, yeah, we've got strategy too. And I'm like, no, you don't. You, <laughs> you want strategy, you go to curling. The, the other thing I need you to explain the significance of, what is the significance of touching a stone and not calling it? Because that is the, the pinnacle of this movie, basically. That is the main, main point of this movie, curling-wise. Yeah, it is. Um, so... Um, to take a step back, one of the great things about curling is that it is a very, very sportsmanlike sport. People call their own fouls. There is no uh, trying to cheat to win. In fact, if you if you pull up the the actual rules, uh, the first page refers to the spirit of curling, where it basically says that a curler would rather lose than win unfairly. So when you talk about touching a rock, one of the rules is if a rock is in motion and uh, a sweeper touches it either with their foot or their broom or something falls out of their pocket or they land on it or something like that, uh, it's what's called a burned rock. And that rock is immediately removed from play. Now, the only way that that can happen basically is if the offending team declares that they did it. You can't have the other team say, oh, you burned it, you got to get rid of it. It always falls on the team that did it to say, I burned the rock. So it's like golf, except people actually have honor instead of like phony honor. I think it's also kind of like golf, and it's cool that like 
older people or really anyone can beat like a young person's ass because that happens in this movie and that's kind of like golf my dad kicked my ass in golf yesterday like oh it, absolutely it, so um the the last thing with touching a stone in this not to jump too far ahead to literally the end of the movie but in the end of the movie they get to replay that that stone that they've burned is that common or is that did they do that for the movie Th- that is that is an option so in, in the rules um there the rules state it depends on how far it goes down the sheets there's a there's a red line called the hog line if it is burned Prior to that line, it's immediately removed from play. But if it's if it's burned afterwards, it actually goes to the non-offending team. They get the choice. They can say it. They can say it's burned. They can say leave it where it was, or they can say, um, you know, they they can position the rock where they think it should go. Um, the, the like you said, the other team does a fourth choice, but. Uh, there, that, that is an option you can do. And that's, that's happened in some pretty big games and some, there, there was a game, uh, there was an Olympic qualifier where that happened. And there was a lot of debate. There was a, a, I wrote about this for Deadspin. It was, I think it was uh, Denmark and Italy, the women's, uh, there was a burned rock and they were debating for about five minutes because they weren't sure if it was before or after the hog line. And so they didn't want to call it. They wanted someone just to say, well, if it was before the hog line, then it's burned and it's done. But they they were they were really stepping on you know their own politeness, and it they they eventually got resolved. But it is a, it is a thing that happens even with really really good curlers. Well, it's a main theme of this movie. Uh, let's, let's do the IMDb trivia really quick. The last few movies I've done, like Karate Kid, had the. I mean, it would have taken me forty minutes to read off everything and dissect everything. This one has uh, men with brooms on IMDb have fi- have has five bits of trivia. Really, only one that is, uh, you know, that that kind of relative to what we talk about in the podcast. The University of Toronto men's varsity curling team were used as stand-ins for Paul Gross's team, uh, the Cutters. So, uh, other than that, that's that's kind of it. Um, you know, this this movie it was a little. I, I I mean, it's it's fairly underseen. Canadian made film. Uh, you know, all the actors are Canadian. It just, I really like this movie. It it resists turning into a full-on parody, like Dodgeball or like, you know, even like Beer Fest or something like that. Like, it it has some actual heart around a sport, and it used Leslie Nielsen as, he has like his zany, his usual kind of zany, he's a little off the wall, but he's not in a different reality than everyone else. Like he has in the naked gun or even like later on in like scary movie three, which was right around this time. I think it, it didn't have to go away from realism. It was just like a good movie with heart, but it was also really funny and had, it had some kind of, you know, ridiculous parts. So, uh, let's start with the best scene. I'm going to list a few. Let me know if I missed anything. Um, the opening will narration that, that he's got this, this kind of heartwarming and funny, Funny Will that's really setting up the movie while his co- they're struggling to get his co- his uh, his body cremated. So long, Kama Sutra girl, and my own personal astronaut, my daughter Julie. And my tough little Amy, you have done a great job with Brandon. I'm so proud of you. And to my four curling protégés, I know I often treated you like a venereal disease, but you were the best team a man could have the honor to coach, and I think of you as part of my family. Um, the return to the rink when all the guys, you know, return to the rink. 
Uh, they light the the stone on fire, and then uh, Cotter gives the uh, the speech about uh, you know what what it's not just a flaming stone, or it's not just a stone. Um, the mat the first match against the old guys, the match against the Juggernaut, the first one uh, who, who's technically kind of like the bad guy in the movie, but he's like the super honorable bad guy. Uh, the graveyard scene between uh, between Gordon and and uh, Chris and his dad, or uh, I'm messing up the names, but uh, you know Cutter and his dad, and then uh, the meeting in the hut, and then the golden broom montage when they kind of beat the uh, the the next few teams to to get to the final match, and then the final match, which is like in every sports movie, it's kind of like a given that's going to be on the best scenes. Did I miss anything, or do you have a favorite? Well, I think you hit all the good ones, and I I will say the uh, the most in terms of the best one, um, the not just a rock scene. I, I I get chills with that one. To be honest with you, that there is something to that where, you know, you, you, he's talking to to his uh, his basically his love interest in in the film, and she just goes, you know, it's just a rock, and then it's, and he gets right into it, which I probably would would I wouldn't have been that uh, that cool about it. But it's not just a rock. It's it, it's you know. But you know, it, he goes into just how cool it is to throw a curling stone. is is the is the crux of that speech, and it's a really good speech. It it is that that's the one that's the that's the a one takeaway. I would say is say watch Men with Brooms, watch that scene, and you'll understand. I mean, I look at him in this thing, and it was just a rock. No, it's not just a rock. No. No. It's 42 pounds of polished granite, the beveled underbelly, and a handle a human being can hold. And it may have no practical purpose in and of itself, but it is a repository of human possibility, and if it's handled just right, it will exact a kind of poetry. For 10 years, I've drilled for oil in 93 countries, five different continents, and not once have I done anything to equal the grace of a well-thrown rock. Sliding down a sheet. <laughs> Not once. <laughs> you can feel the actual passion for the sport in the movie in that speech. It's not just like in something like dodgeball, another like kind of off the wall sport, but something that people still play. There's not this like passionate speech about how you know great dodgeball. It's it's just more. It's a zany comedy. This one actually has some heart. And some stuff. I think that was probably my favorite too, honestly. Um, the graveyard speech for like father son reasons, I really enjoyed. It was just very touching. Um, and then I love a good montage, the the meeting in the hut. I'm kind of surprised that we didn't get a team on on Gordon's mushroom scene. Like when they <laughs> went into that hut, I was like, oh, that's what we're about to get. We're about to get some weird hallucinogen scene, but we didn't. Uh, but yeah, the, I mean, this one has. A bunch of scenes to where if it was ever on TV, I would love for it to be on TV. Like it would have something coming up where I'm like, oh, I got to see that scene. So I, I that's a, that's about as uh, as good a thing you can say for a sports movie. Uh, let's take a quick break here from our sponsors, and then we'll, we will get back in, back into the most authentic. Big Screen Sports is brought to you by Harry's. Every guy out there deserves a great shave. But a great shave doesn't mean paying a ton for gimmicky features like flex balls or heated handles. Harry's focuses on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. Guys, there's so much I like about Harry's that I don't really know what to, to uh, lead with. I mean, 
if, if you know me, you know I love a low price. Love a good discount. But with Harry's, you're paying a low price for something that's great. They're, they're durable, they're awesome blades, the handle's great, it gives me a close shave, my face is never on fire after I shave with Harry's, and I, I couldn't recommend them any higher, uh, and they're perfect for this holiday season. Uh, Harry's is just really a return to the essential. It's quality, durable blades at a fair price. They've cut out the middleman, they're manufacturing blades in a German blade factory that's been honing precision blades for over a century. That means you're getting incredibly high quality blades at factory direct prices, and you're getting them conveniently delivered directly to your door on schedule. And you can make that schedule as far out as you want. I'm a baby face, I don't get my blades that often. You might be a Grizzly Adams and you need them you know, twice a month. You can make that happen. Listeners of Big Screen Sports can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, I swear by that stuff, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go so you're not that dude who has a gunky razor in his, uh, in his bag. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. Big Screen Sports is also presented by Roman. Guys, talking about erectile dysfunction, not too easy. Usually guys just brush it off, blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo, or you just avoid it altogether with like, I'm, you know, I'm just not feeling it tonight, just not my night. Uh, but with Roman, it's finally easy to talk about it with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation, ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Don't have to drive up and walk into your local physician and just stare that man in the eye and say, uh, things aren't working well. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication's appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. Whole process, straightforward, simple, most important, discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to roman.com slash bluewire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash bluewire. Free online visit, free two-day shipping. It's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. Help yourselves out, guys. Now back to the podcast. All right, so let's get into the most and least authentic with Men With Brooms. Obviously, we treat comedies with a little gentler on this podcast than we do with self-serious sports movies. But, Matt, what was the most authentic, you know... part of this sports part curling part of this movie for you i would say the most authentic the and because it's, it, it's happened to anybody that's curled is is that is the the match they play against the four extremely old curlers um you mentioned it before with uh with golf um it it's a sport that you can play well into your 70s 80s even 90s i've seen it happen and if you ever find yourself playing a match against four old people, men or women, that are all retired, let's just say it that, you are going to be in for a world of hurt for two hours. It is not going to be easy. They're going to break your heart, and they're going to enjoy doing it. And, and yeah, in that scene, that's exactly what happened to them. And it's a really funny scene because it's your – it's your introduction to curling to the to the sport. It's the first time you see a match and you've got the three women up at the top watching it kind of giving you what you need, especially because they, they make the movie very accessible to curling novices. And so they've got the women kind of narrating what's going on and just basically narrating these old guys beating their ass, which I really enjoyed. 
Absolutely. It's, it, it, that, that, that works character into any curler. It doesn't matter if you're new to it or if you've played it for 10 years. That just That grounds you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have anything for most authentic from an actual curling perspective because I, I'm not the person to make that call. But I would say it was very authentic that the, the team, the four lead actors in the team had great chemistry, kind of that chemistry of dudes who've been through some stuff together and and have history. I, I thought they all played off each other very well. And there was some some trivia that they worked together before and in other movies and stuff. So that kind of... Uh, yeah, you know, that shows on screen, but that that's what I had for most. I thought they I thought the team worked really well together. The actors worked really well together. Was there anything for Lease that was just kind of glaring like that would absolutely never happen? Well, I always tried to struggle about this this uh, the final tournament at the end which was called the Golden Broom and and I've you know, they they mention that uh, it's a big tournament and they have uh, r- rinks which they rinks are basically teams. Uh, from all over Canada, so it's it's a nationwide tournament. It's in a sports arena, not a curling club, which means it has some extra weight to it. Um, it's televised, so again, even bigger, but not everybody has uniforms. Um, they have people in the stands, and so it's it's a big deal. But then at the other time, so Leslie Nielsen's character Gordon, they mention him as a uh, as a two time Briar champion. So the Briar is the Canadian men's national championship. So in this universe, the Briar also exists. So if the Briar exists, then what the hell is the Golden Broom? Like where where is that? And the the best I could try to explain it is maybe it's some type of amateur championship. But if it's an amateur championship, then what is the Juggernaut team doing there? And that's kind of where I just get into a cycle and stop thinking about it. I was going to ask, can a, uh, can a stone actually explode or break? Because that happens twice in the movie. It can, and there is rules in place for that, but it is not that common. You have to whip that thing, and it, the, the exact, just something odd has to happen. The, the, the couple times I've heard it happen, I've never seen it happen, is I've, I heard a story about two like teenage kids, and they were on opposite sides of the sheet and they both threw takeouts at each other just to see what happens and there was some chipping going on but those stones are really strong and uh they they absorb a lot of force and so breakage of stones is very uncommon and the other part about that is in a especially in a big tournament like that you don't bring your own stones the tournament provides their own I feel like there'd be room if you're bringing your own stones. There would be room for cheating, even in even in an honorable game. Well, absolutely. Uh, but, that I mean, you don't bring your own. Well, the big thing is that they're heavy. I mean, a set of eight stones that you're talking, um, you know, eight eight times forty. So that's that's a lot of. Uh, I don't think the uh, you couldn't fly there with it. But uh, um, no, the uh, stones are not traveled with. I, that's one of those questions that sometimes people say, so you have your own stones? Like, well, they're, they're very expensive and the club has them. And if you go to a tournament, the tournament provides their own. And, and I know they did that because in the movie, the coach that passes away at the beginning uh, had it in his will that his ashes, some of his ashes would be inside one of the curling stones and that the team would uh, win the golden broom by putting his stone on the button. Well, when he talks about in the the the, the it's not just a, a rock speech. He I think he says specifically forty two pounds of granite, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yeah, something, that's something that, like that. So that's I was about like, right. that seems that seems very hard to just explode like that. Yeah, exactly. It's I it's it would have to be a really old stone. Now these are older stones that they used uh, that have been underwater for ten plus years. Well, that's true too. Yeah. So I yeah I forgot about that. They were yeah when he burned the rock and didn't call it he threw the stones in the lake which i guess i suppose you could do but once again whose stones are those again you don't have your own stones did you throw the club stones into the lake so yeah there's little things like that that i just i i know what they're trying to do they're they're writing a story so i don't i don't get too worked up on those little things well the movie does a lot well to not so so you don't have to get worked up what uh let's get into the stuff that that worked was just enjoyable about this movie not just the curling specific stuff but just pretty much everything I will actually open with a hundred minute runtime or right around a hundred minutes, which is always a plus, especially when you do a podcast that involves rewatching a sports movie or two every week. It is great to get a, a nice hundred minute runtime. And then any movie that opens with bagpipes, I'm giving that movie at least 15 minutes off the bat. Like I am, I am dialed in. You, you give me bagpipes. <laughs> you, you've got my attention. Well, so, and that, so earn it. <laughs> that that is a thing that is is also part because this is a sport that originated in Scotland. Um, when we have bond spiels, the final draw, which is usually the championships and consolation events, uh, you follow a bagpiper onto the ice. That is a tradition that is in almost every curling club, and so it is uh, it is a good weekend as if you get as we like to call it piped onto the ice. That's that's good to know because that makes me really want to attend a uh, a curling tournament. That seems like a lot of fun. I'm a big bagpipe guy. I'm a big competitive sports guy. So this it, it seems like something that'd be up my alley. Although living in South Texas, I'm not sure when my uh, my next uh, curling tournament I, I can attend. My next <laughs> curling tournament. What else worked for you with this one? Um, well, I, I, I liked the fact that you know, kind of like you mentioned, the the team itself seemed authentic. They they, their form was pretty good. Um, I like the fact that there was uh, centered around a small town, and the town did care about the curling club. And in Canada, that is true. Every little town has a curling club. I, I spent a couple weeks uh, in uh, traveling for business in, in Canada, and I'd drive through like little 3,000 people villages, and they had like a two-sheet curling club. And it's, yeah, it is everywhere. So the fact that they had that like city uh, and then, and then host a big tournament that also works a lot. I I just like, it's a smiler of a movie. And it is, it's it's very upbeat. It's, it is. I mean, it's not laugh out loud, funny. It's, it's a smiler and, and they, they kept it very Canadian. I think like you mentioned um, all these little things, like they had the tragically hip make a cameo as a team from Kingston, which is where they were from. Um, they had a brief little cameo. There's a curler named Jeff Stoughton, who is a, I think is a former world champion, definitely won some briars, but there's a, there's a, a, a brief little moment where someone does a 360 turn on the ice. That's Jeff Stoughton. If you're ever looking to kill 15 minutes of your life, just look up Jeff Stoughton highlights on YouTube and you'll just you'll be entranced. I was going to I had a note about that. I was going to ask if the that spin move was realistic because it seemed like wasted motion, if you will. I was very curious about that. It is it is a move that is done usually when the game is well in hand, but they're still playing it. Um, Jeff Stoughton is, is the one that 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 really popularized it. 
And it's definitely a move that it's 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 hot. It's a hot dog of a move, and you're probably not going to make the shot. But if you do make the shot, it's good. And some other people have followed in his stead in certain types of tournaments in Briars. Um, when the U.S. won gold, uh, his opponent Skip did a spinorama and then and then conceded the game. So it does happen. Uh, and you know, some there are some club curlers that like to practice it when they're by themselves as well. I like that the movie gets right to it. You have the plot nine minutes in and with the kind of the opening narration and the we- the reading of his will or the, the video of his will that they have going on, you kind of you get the setup of per his will. He wants him to, you know, win the win the golden broom that Chris, you know, left his daughter at the altar and he wants him to come back and he needs to reconnect with his father and yada yada. I just like that they don't really beat around the bu- the bush. This movie gets right to it, and you're working towards that final thing from the get go. Which you know, a lot of movies I, we did. We are Marshall about a month ago um, when when this is released, and that movie takes forever after the the initial you know the the initial action of We Are Marshall. It takes forever to get going. It's really slow. This movie gets right to it, which is great. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what else did you have? What else jumped out that, that you enjoyed about this movie? I feel like there's a lot. I mean, it's just, it's all like small things. Mm-hmm. There, there's just so much subtle, small things that you can pick out from this movie. Yeah. Um, I, you know, the, you know, I kind of mentioned it before, but just the sort of the communal aspect. I know I, there's the, um, the part with, so Leslie Nielsen plays in, in effect, the, the coach of the team. And again, not a lot of teams at that level would have a coach, but probably for a something that which would be as big as a golden broom tournament, you would probably want someone there to uh, sort of bounce idea, you know, bounce off ideas and and get uh, in the right state of mind between games. I, I did like that he just stepped in and played a, a couple games when uh, when their lead had to leave because of uh, his wife. Um, and that that's kind of realistic too. Like, oh, and he just needs to step in and play. All right, well, <laughs> he's going to step in and play, and it's it's like riding a bike. He's he's going to make all those shots, and people are going to be happy to see him. And you know, once in a while, you see these these curlers from that you've heard about in the '80s and '90s, and all of a sudden they show up as a spare. That's it's not uncommon. Um, I, I I just I enjoyed the and it, in in the you know grand scheme of things, in the end, we saw Leslie Nielsen curl. I'm so I, I hinted at it before. I'm just so glad that they made the choice to not have him be too zany, like the you know Frank Drebin from Naked Gun or yeah. the Doctor from Airplane, because they 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 could have easily done that. They could have just said, "Hey, go off, be crazy, be funny." Like they have the kind of kooky stuff. You know, he's growing mushrooms at his farm. But he's serious enough that when he steps into curl, when he step when Neil leaves and he steps into curl, it's believable. Like it, it actually makes sense to the plot. This movie stays, it, it just plays the straight man almost, and it's it's really good. The action, the actual them them rolling the stones, the sweeping, you know, per the trivia, they they actually brought in a you know varsity curling team to do that. Was there anything glaring with that, or did it look like? realistic curling they did a lot of uh quick cuts and close-up shots and stuff so you don't really get a lot of you know panned out like you're watching it on tv but how did that action look to you well yeah when you said you go from the cuts you see sometimes where the rock is is close to the center 
and then sometimes you see it the other way. I mean, it doesn't do that much variance. There was one time I saw it spin a lot. On the final shots, I counted nine red stones, which is one extra, so I don't know where the opponent got the ninth, uh, but that was probably just accidentally placed there in one of the cuts, because I think in the next shot it, was, it, was, it disappeared. Um, I mean, there's little things like that, but I mean, it's really difficult to draw up a fake curling situation. I mean, you, you just put something there and, and have them do it. So, um, it, it, again, if you're, if you focus on those things that might bother you, but, um, I, I don't know. I mean, I know we haven't gotten much into the, I mean, in, in the end, this is a romantic comedy with curling in it. So, I think the fact that when I watched it the first time, wanted to see curling, and I ended up watching a romantic comedy as a 21-year-old college student, I think I've always held that against it because I just wanted to watch a curling film. But um, I, I, yeah, I, I think that part, it, you know, it you need a plot, and that's the plot. But that was, definitely wasn't my favorite part. We'll get into the romance aspect in, in just a second. I think in the what didn't work stuff because I've got some I've got some thoughts. One of the subtle funny parts of this movie I loved is the announcer's the running drink gag. Whoever the announcer like he's mm. he, first he's thrown down coffee and then he's thrown down like Pepsi and then he's thrown down beer. He's just always like yes. tossing back some drink, which I I really enjoyed. And then I also enjoyed the uh, when they're in the car when they're driving. I can't remember if they're they're still they still have the body in the trunk or not, which is which is kind of <laughs> I guess when this movie gets the farthest out in terms of being a zany comedy is when they're, they're driving with a body in the trunk, but they have the cassette tape, uh, more of the, um, more of Donald Foley's last wishes. And it's like everything, every time one of them says something, he answers it in the cassette tape. I thought, I thought that was yeah. a pretty, pretty funny, like quick gag. It's the coach boys. Oh Jesus. It's the voice of the dead. I imagine by now you've thrown a couple of rocks and you're beginning to think this is a pretty dim idea. I just want to thank you for trying. Okay, that's manipulation. He's trying to manipulate us, man. And I'm not trying to manipulate you. Truth is, my spirit can only carry you so far. What you need now is some paternal advice. What's that mean? And Chris, I think you know what that means. I'll see you boys later. Yeah, like when, man? When you're dead, of course. Uh, and the beavers, what? too. Don't forget yeah, about the, the beavers. The beavers in the, the, beavers in the road. road. And, yeah. And at the end, uh, no beavers were were harmed in the making yes. of this movie. Um, yeah. The uh, for what didn't work, you mentioned it's a romantic comedy, and it's not just like most sports movies where it's just a romantic comedy with it, it just centered on the romance of the main character. There's a couple different things going on. You've got uh, Eddie and his wife trying to get pregnant. You've got Neil. We've already talked about him and his his really his wife real tough hang. But it's uh, the main love story is between the main character Chris and two sisters. I, yeah, yeah, that's tough. It's not. It's not the smoothest of love. You don't feel. At least I didn't. I didn't feel that great at the end. Like I, I didn't feel like you know, like they had chemistry for sure. But I was like, they, they probably could have taken a smoother route to get there that you're more bought in and you're not like, yeah, but he slept with her sister like a week before they got together. That's <laughs> he, He's kind of scummy. Yeah, I, um, I'm not a huge fan. Now, in fairness, they did 
Um, they did the 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 main love interest. And I don't remember her name. They just they did a good job with her character. Um, they added a you know a bit of you know they you know they 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 padded out the character. It wasn't just like a token love interest. Um, yeah, she had but, she's a single mom. She's an AA. She you know and and she knows a lot about curling. Like yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. She wasn't um, you know she wasn't just a face. Yeah, I mean they did that, but it, it you know, like I said, love triangles. I mean, Bull Durham did a love triangle pretty well, and uh, they didn't do it so well here. But it, it that's the plot of the film. It's what they wanted to do, but they also wanted it to be a sports movie as well. So yeah, was, yeah. There's something to be said for a sport. I mean, a sports movie. If you're gonna go with a romantic angle, you need to have your your romantic leads still have some some chemistry. You got they gotta roll well off on screen. I think like I think about Hoosiers with Gene Hackman and Barbara Hershey and that's some of the, like the least sexual chemistry I've ever seen on <laughs> camera. And then you go to the opposite end, Coster and Sarandon and and Bull Durham. They're just mm-hmm. spitting fire at each other the whole movie. This one's probably right in the bell curve, I would guess with the middle Chris and with Chris and Amy. I think it's kind of you know, they're you buy them at the end but you're not like you know, it's like I guess kind of kind of shoulder shrug with it. I, I think they could have done it a little smoother, or even a little less. Like I think, like you, I was kind of more interested in the curling and that kind of redemption arc. And you know, one thing I would have um, liked to have seen. I, I, we might get into this later, but one thing the things that could have been improved. So she obviously knows a lot about curling. They don't really go into if she does curl, but if you know a lot about it, then you probably do play. Um, the, the cool thing about the sport is you can have men and women at any level play against each other and it's going to be a good game. Um, we had it, I think it was about, I think it was 20, yeah, 2014. Um, so one of the best teams in the, in the country and they're still together. Uh, her name is Rachel Homan and they, they went to the Olympics as team Canada in 2018, didn't get a medal, which was very disappointing for them, but they're, they're one of the best teams, just top to bottom. There's no flaws in that team. They are dangerous. And they got invited to play in a men's grand slam called the Elite Ten. So it was in this case, it was nine men's teams, uh, top ranked, and then Rachel Homan, which was at the time ranked number one, and they're still probably like second or third right now. And uh, they did win one of the games, so they beat a top ten team, and that. I don't, I don't. I wasn't surprised by that at all. I mean, they are that good, and it's it's one of those sports where you don't have to be uh, the fastest or the strongest, but there's a skill involved, and and they've got it. And I, going back to this, I kind of would have liked to have seen maybe some type of aspect of that. I mean, I'm not trying to rewrite the movie for them, but you know, any anybody can play the sport, and that might have been a nice little twist to sort of tie that romantic comedy. And add some more chemistry if if someone in, on on the other gender was playing. Yeah, just so uh, the Olympics is it is it just men's curling? Is there men's and women's curling, or is does is gender not matter? There's a there's a men's division. There's a women's, and then this last one they added a mixed doubles, which is a team of one man and one woman. Interesting. Yeah, they they definitely could have uh, 
you know, and an alternate script had had Amy fill in when Gordon's back went out, but then you don't yeah, get that. You, you, you don't get of. Neil finally standing up to his wife, which <laughs> yeah, is pretty which much. is a part, of, which is a, a wonderful part. Did you have anything else that that just didn't work for you about this one? Um, I think I got over yeah, the the main stuff we we kind of mentioned already. Yeah, there's not really there's not really a lot. I mean, it, this this movie goes down real smooth. It's just it's just a really enjoyable hundred minutes there's not really anything that you're like yelling at your tv about like in like in some sports movies for best and worst on-screen athlete unless you had something stand out i didn't i mean i'm not gonna say hey that guy looks like a bad curler so i i didn't really have anything for that yeah they were all um you know they you know the, the thing about curlers is they don't really look much like athletes anyways so if you looked at uh, John Schuster and Matt Hamilton and those guys, I mean, they look like regular Joes. And you know, there's been lots of memes on on uh, online about them like that. I, you know, I think uh, Paul Gross might be a little too much of a pretty boy to be a curler, but I think that was probably my only one that probably didn't fit. Yeah, the, I everyone to me, I was like, yeah, you, you know, if you you can roll the stone or you can throw the stone, you you pass my personal test. Um, let's get into the, the Lenny Harris pinch hitter award for best supporting character. I had someone reason I had a, I had a listener ask me why it's the Lenny Harris. Well, Lenny Harris, I believe still holds the record for all time pinch hits in major league baseball. Lenny Harris, the, the king of pinch hitting. Am I correct on that? Or has he, I, I think you're right. I don't know if anyone has surpassed him, but I seem to remember at one time he had it, which leads me to believe we might as well just keep it after Lenny Harris yeah and I, I you know I just I love all I love Lenny Harris so uh so we're, we're sticking with that uh, a lot of nominees I don't know I wasn't sure it, it, it we're, it's worth shouting out the, the other guys on the team besides uh, Chris Cutter there's Eddie played by Jed Reese James played by Peter Outerbridge who's also in cool running so he's in like the two niche winter Olympic movies which is kind of funny uh, and then Neil, played by James Elodi. Uh, I don't know if you can consider them supporting characters. They're in most of the movie. They're part of his team. They're just not as, you know, as main as uh, as Chris. There's Officer Francis, played by Victoria Snow, who essentially lets them commit a felony. And then I, I guess at the end, falls in love with the bartender who's taking bets on the, the curling. <laughs> they start like they start like making out at the end. So that's interesting, interesting twist. Uh, Brandon Foley played by Connor Price. He was the daughter or the excuse me, the son of Amy who delivers like the saddest, but also one of the most funny lines in the movie when he's like, it's nice that you're lying to me. But we both know she's shit faced when he brings <laughs> Amy home after she mm-hmm. falls off the wagon, which is. Yeah, it was funny. But when you think about it, it's like, oh, that's that's really sad. That kid's like nine. And then all the shouts to comedy god Leslie Nielsen as Gordon Cutter. Did I miss anyone, or did you have a favorite? Um, you know, you could you could even throw the Juggernaut in there as a you know you think about oh, the antagonist yeah, right. as a as just a as a, that that person. And I've I've played against that curler, the the very very intense one that um, in, they care very deeply when they're on the ice, but then when it matters, they're they're going to pull back and. And they'll show you your human side, and I, I I respected that about the character, even though they were, you know, those sparkly, flashy, matching uniforms and the cheerleaders and the, um, you know, the the whole spectacle. And apparently, they mentioned they were gold medalists, which means they won in the Olympics. 
but they couldn't win the Golden Broom. So um, I think between all of those, though, um, you know, I think Leslie Nielsen's the obvious choice because anything you know, he's he in, the coach. he's so and, yeah, good. And, and I mean, he, but he's the you think about it, he's the name. I mean, he's in the center of well, he wasn't in the center of the of the uh, poster, but he was definitely on it. So. Um, you know, I, I when you think about supporting people in a, in a curling team, it's usually the, the leads in the second. So if you wanted to go with Neil and Eddie as the supporting team, that the sweepers, the the unsung heroes, you could also go that way. All three of the guys, all three of the other guys on the team are spitting fire in this movie. They're all really good. Like Eddie's super Canadian. He's talking up his, his low sperm count. Mm-hmm. Uh, James <laughs> is just a straight up scumbag and he's it's really fun to watch. Uh, that, that's another one of my favorite things is when they're in the car and they they have to stop because all they, excuse me, they're in the hearse and they have to stop because they're all the beavers in the road and he's been smoking weed and he's like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, there are a bunch of beavers in the road or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah. just making sure. And then, uh, Neil who finally, you know, when he stands up to his wife, it's a great moment in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think Leslie Neal, if he is considered a supporting character, I think Leslie Nielsen's the pick, just like he'd be the pick in something like Airplane if he's a supporting character. Absolutely. And uh, just of note, Lenny Harris, the all, still the all-time leader in pinch hits with 212. A lot of names on this list, though. Mark Sweeney, 175. Uh, yeah, the, the top 20 is interesting. You got Matt Stairs, Orlando Palmero, a lot of, lot of names. But I think it's going to stay that way. Just to sidetrack, I, there's, there's not yeah. pinch hitters is not a thing anymore. It may become later, but I, I don't think anyone's coming close, as if I can recall. Yeah, and if they bring the DH to the National League, it'll definitely stay that yeah, way. Yeah, game over. So uh, let's get to the big chill, which is the moment in every sports movie where the hair stands on the back of your neck. There's not always one in comedies, but I I think this one has at least two. Uh, there's the not just a rock speech that we've talked about a couple times. It's great. And then Gordon's speech at the grave about Chris being his best friend. I have a six-year-old son who right now we are still best friends. I'm just dreading the day where he doesn't want to hang out with me every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one like got me. It, it was very sneaky. They kind of meet at the grave, and Leslie Nielsen dives deep. And it, it uh, whew, that, that, that one hit me. You know, when you were a little boy best friend I carried you everywhere I hugged you all the time all the time get back to the truck when you get there take a good long look at and then I guess you could say the final play. I, I've talked before on this pod, on this podcast about you know a movie's done a good job when it makes you care about the result, win or lose. And when you care about the team, you know, like uh, at the end of Moneyball, you want the A's to win, or you you know when when mm-hmm. the, the Hatterberg home run, even though you know it's coming, you you want to win. Um, uh, Bad News Bears, you wanted Kelly Leak to score. Uh, and this movie, I think you care about these guys. Uh, so I kind of put the final play there as a, you know, the the final stone throw when it breaks and his ashes fall. It, you know, it, that's kind of like a layup. But I, that for me, I think it's the the not just a rock speech. And I had no, 
you know, nothing, nothing in my bones about curling before I watched this. And I still thought that was great. Uh, is, is that it for you? Yeah. Not just a rock is, is far and away. Just it. I, I go back to it. I, like I mentioned it before. Um, it, it, it's really hard to explain how, how cool that is. And I, I guess you could, you, you could talk to people in other sports, like hitting a three pointer, hitting a home run, hitting a hole in one, um, throwing a throwing a stone there's just something different about it because it's it, it's yes it's it's the person that is is coming out of the hack delivering the rock but then it it doesn't stop as soon as you let it go whereas you hit a home run one swing and then it's then ex, then make sure that it it has enough distance and and uh and the wind maybe might take it but when you throw a when you throw a curling stone you are still communicating with your team and that you know, it shows up in the movie as well, where he's yelling to sweep, and um, it, it's it, it's a team shot. Um, and so, when you have four people on a team making a curling shot, um, yeah, there's there's it, it it's and I think about it every time. Like I make a shot, and we're all involved, and I'm like, that was so damn cool. I don't know how else to explain it other than to have people just do it themselves. How I can equate it, and how I can equate it for anyone who's listening to this podcast who haven't hasn't seen this movie which I don't if you if that's the case I don't know how you're still going but thank you keep listening uh is the legend of Bagger Vance which is a somewhat flawed golf movie I really enjoyed it's on golf channel seems like every week so you can always get a rewatch but there's two there's two moments in that movie where Will Smith's character Bagger Vance has gives these speeches to Matt Damon one is about finding his swing and then the other is about seeing the field and the music hits and it just makes you feel this passion for golf. And like, you know, that feeling of flushing a shot It makes you want to go out and golf. And then you remember that the first shot you're going to hit is going to be chunked and it's going to be 90 yards and you're going to hate life. But it gives you this passion. I think that's if you've curled before, and that's kind of what I'm getting from you, is it, it brings that out, and it is for a comedy movie. It is a, it's a really good speech, like really yeah, good. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, I and when people come out and play, there's two. There's basically two categories of people because uh, one of the other things I do with my curling club is I'm one of the instructors, and with the people that that come up for the first time to learn how to play, I will a few times a year uh, be their instructor. And there's usually two camps of people. And there's people that have watched the, the sport on the Olympics, and they said, oh, I can do that. I want to play that. And the other group of people are the people that are dragged there by the first group. And they're not sure why they're there, and they don't think this is a good idea. And both of them usually end up having the exact same fun time. And it's it's just so difficult to convey in words. So you, cool you just need to pay, play but that speech on a loop the, when everyone the speech, arrives. And the speech has come really close. I mean, it, 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 it has explained it, but it can't prove it un, until you're out there. So that's another pitch and, uh, as well as if you are near a curling club and um, look, look up uh, where you are. There's, there, there's usually one in every major city these days. They're, they're even getting down in the south. Uh, if you, you want to reach out to me on Twitter, I might be able to help find a place for you that might have a, a learn to curl for you. I know there's some in Texas. I know, I know Houston and I believe Dallas have clubs. Um, but I, I know that Texas is a bit of a, uh, sort of a, a drought in terms of, uh, curling ice. 
There is one in Austin, which is an hour and a half north of me. Oh, that, that just makes looked. sense. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, oh, Austin. Yeah, uh, curling definitely definitely lines up for Austin. Uh, if men with brooms were a true story, would it make a good thirty for thirty? In your opinion? Uh, well, um, the fact that, like I mentioned before, if it's an amateur event, it might have some difficulty. Although there is, you know, you say the coaches. Uh, passed away and brought the team back together posthumously. I, I suppose that would. Um, there is another documentary out there. So Men with Brooms was kind of my go-to for like, go watch this. The other one, there is a, there is a, a half hour, that's like 40 minutes episode on Netflix. There is a documentary series called Losers. I don't know if you've seen any of those no, I ha- no, I haven't seen that one. Um, there, there is a curling episode. This, this came out last year. Um, one of the episodes is about curling. Basically, the, the series of documentaries is uh, famous losses. So they mention, I think, John Vandeveld when he blew the British Open. Um, you know, there's some other, you know, like boxing losses. I think he had the, uh, um, this, the figure skater who did the backflip and got disqualified. Um, things like that, but there was a very famous loss in the Briar in the '80s, where a team lost on just a miracle shot, and that team ended up getting really good and becoming very athletic and sort of um, uh, influencing the game, almost breaking the game. They had to almost make rules to <laughs> prevent them from uh, having making the game really boring. Uh, but that was an example of of uh, a good documentary. So um, this one, this you know, there's some moments to this where it, it would it would probably work, but I think uh, the the fact that uh, I think the ending was just a tad unrealistic, uh, I, it probably wouldn't work. I could see it being an E60, like you can see kind of see Chris Connolly narrating a story about this local Canadian curling team that you know, they're, they're playing for their coach that passed away and just kind of one of those things. Uh, I, I don't think it would make a full on 30 for 30 though. Right. How would you improve men with brooms? You, they, they let you do a rewrite or let, let you change things in 2002. What would you have done differently? Well, there's, you know, there's a lot of ways. I mean, I think kind of like I mentioned before, I like the films that, um, go more into the sport itself or, or the conflict. I don't like when the conflict is another team. And I, I guess in, in, in the respects, the juggernaut team is the antagonist, but in, in the end, they're, you know, they're all curlers, you know. In, uh, in, in the Olympics, when the U.S. won the gold medal, they played Sweden, but they're not the antagonist. They're friends. I mean, they went to each other's weddings. I mean, it's really difficult to, to, to say they're antagonists. So, um they, you know, like you mentioned before, that there, there's a, a, a city aspect. Uh, a city is struggling. You know, they're on hard times. It would have it would have been interesting to, if there was an element where, let's say, the curling club was in danger of uh, shutting down, which is a very realistic thing. It wasn't realistic in 2002, but in 2019, that is a thing in Canada. Uh, communities are losing their curling clubs. Country clubs can't sustain it. And it and they're getting shut down, and that's a big thing. Uh, here in the states, the other challenge is uh, clubs that don't have their own building but are renting ice from hockey rinks, and they're playing at midnight on a Tuesday, and it's tough to get membership. That is a very real thing as well. And so, if they 
if they centered it around that, saying, oh, we're going to lose our club, but if we enter this tournament and then we end up winning, that might have elevated it a little bit more. I'm, I'm glad you're really high up on the movie. I think there's just some little things that, the fact that it's a romantic comedy that kind of brought it back down to me and just say, watch it for these scenes because they're great scenes and because it's curling. But I, I kind of would have liked to to get more into the curling club aspect of it as well because that's the whole, that's the other part we can't show you. You see it on TV. It's a really cool sport. It's really fun to play. But then once you're part of a club, then you're hooked. Yeah, they don't dive into that as much because these guys, they're not outsiders, but they're not dialed into the life. They're kind of all brought back into it. It's not as though the other three guys, uh, Eddie, Neil, and uh, and Peter, or Eddie, Neil, and James, are like dialed into the curling club life. They're all kind of brought back in. So, yeah, you, you don't get that. And, you know, I, I think you're right in that a little bit of, you know, we got to save the curling, kind of like a it wouldn't be an homage to dodgeball because it came out first, but kind of, you know, we got to, got to win the dodgeball tournament to save average Joe's kind of like that thing would have, would have brought a little more to the movie, but there's, yeah, I, I might clean up the, the love story thing. I would have less with, uh, I don't know, pick a, pick a sister. I think <laughs> I don't want to, I don't like, I didn't like the whole shuffling. Cause it kind of sets up like, it's actually a good thing, though. It sets up like, oh, yeah, he's going to run back to, the, you know, he's going to end up getting back with the sister who he left at the altar. But then they have her basically getting ridden off by going into space, which is another whole thing. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just would have cleaned up that part a little bit. But, yeah, it's, um, you know, to anyone who hasn't seen it, it's really good. It's streaming on Prime right now, which is awesome if you have Prime. Uh, it's a really enjoyable movie. Like, I... I've been fortunate doing this podcast to stumble across a couple movies I had never seen before. And this is one of them that like, I'm, if this would ever come on TV, I wish someone would put it on TV. Cause yeah, I would turn it on. If you turn on this movie, no matter what point you turn it on in, in five to 10 minutes, a scene that is enjoyable will come on. And I think that is all you can ask from a sports movie. Yeah, that's that's it, and I and I think they also tried to turn it into a TV series, and it did uh, didn't go well. I don't think it many. I don't really think any of the cast, except for Paul Gross, I think showed up in, in, as his character once in a while. But I think it was a season and out for the Men with Brooms TV show. So uh, they had they had some trouble sustaining that. But I think they I think you could get another curling movie in there at some point. I think Men with Brooms does hold its own, but it may be time for another one at some point. If you had the whole cast, I would watch like a season of it. If they did like an eight episode, 30 minute series on Netflix with the original cast of them, just like curling club life. I would probably watch that. Uh, a curling club life. You you would, it would be, it would be like cheers. If you would ask me, cause it's, you've got the action on the ice and then you've got, all of the little things that go on in literally the bar that is attached to the the curling rink. So yeah, you could make a very, very good TV show out of that. And they showed a little bit of that with the town betting on the tournament. There, there could be some of that. I, I think that'd be really fun. I think, oh, I, will, I think we need I, to, to find I, someone to finance yeah, that. I won't lie. I, I will admit I have been betted on when I have played. So that, that is technically, but not technically a thing. Well, for that reason and many others, Matt, you are the perfect person to bring on to talk this movie. Thank you so much for taking the time. Tell the folks again where they can find your work. 
Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm, if you want to find it, just follow me on Twitter at uh, sus2hyphens. Um, and I, I can't stress enough, just, just find a curling club and, and, and see for yourself. I think I'm going to have to drive up to Austin at some point and do that. Do it, do it once. I know it's a, it's a bit of a drive to join a league, but you, you want, you want to knock that off your bucket list and do it once. And, uh, you never know another club might pop up near you. I've got, I've a hundred, I like, I know exactly who I'm going to add. I've got a buddy in Austin, Pete Hart. If you're listening to this, we're going curling. But, uh, yeah, if, uh, if you enjoyed this episode, definitely go check out Matt's stuff. Uh, subscribe, you know, rate and review. You guys know the drill. Uh, make sure to check out the entire Blue Wire Sports Podcast Network. We have everything for basketball, football, gambling, everything you need for these winter sports coming up. And you can check out new episodes of Big Screen Sports now coming to you every Monday. As of November, we are at every Monday episodes, no longer every Thursday. So be on the lookout next Monday. Thanks. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.